And we're back. I'm Gervier Brom here with Shmokar Sandu, and we are screen off script. This week, we're getting into Cocaine Bear and reflecting on all the major movie and TV news of the week. You came to kill the devil, right? Well, guess what? I keep you safe. And if you think I'm evil, well, just wait. Do you meet my variants? All right. In our first segment, we're going to be talking about all the news for this week in movie and TV, but we're also going to be talking about Cocaine Bear. If you want to skip around to our review for that, we got timestamps in the description. John, but first thing, I kind of want to follow up what we were talking about last week because mm-hmm. there's a lot of fallout that's been coming out of this Ant Man movie. This yeah. feels like the biggest L that Marvel's taken, maybe ever. Definitely critically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at the Rotten Tomato score, both on the the critic side and the audience side, Mm -hmm. it's not great. It's not great. And not only that, but Jeff Loveless, who wrote the movie, uh, he said that he was in like a low spot and really sad about the terrible reviews for Ant-Man. I kind of sympathize with him. But at the same time, he's also writing Avengers, the Kang Dynasty. And uh, he also mentioned that him and uh, Daniel Cretton are kind of thinking about what the story is going to be and how they're still developing that and how he's been talking to Jonathan Majors about the character of Kang. How confident do you feel about the trajectory of the story right now? It's so tough to say because Jonathan Majors was one of the more positive things coming out of the movie, but it still wasn't high top grit, you know, grade stuff in terms of what I was expecting for the introduction of this phase's Thanos. Doesn't it feel like the perception of Marvel is kind of weird right now? Like, I'm getting the sentiment online that, like, people are kind of sour right now. Like, they're mm. like, what's going on with this phase? This phase was trash in the, for phase four. Yeah. And, like, whatever is happening right now, this doesn't feel very promising. I think the overall number of wins is outweighed by the overall number of losses I, I post-Endgame. D- my only thing is, like, is that true? I think so. When I look at the TV shows and the movies, I think... I've enjoyed fewer than I've enjoyed uh, than I've uh, disliked more. If that makes sense, hmm, like I feel- I, I, if I look at the whole gamut, there's only really a handful. Maybe I could even count on one hand yeah. where I could be like, I love that. Everything else was kind of like okay to that, mid, yeah, I and agree. then there were a couple where I'm like, that was trash. Yeah, yeah, straight up, I, I completely agree with that, and that's the problem. If, if the very least, I always thought the lowest bar for Marvel was still going to be like, all right, cool. That was still a pretty solid movie. Right. I still had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And like as much as these last few movies have been like very okay, Ant-Man kind of woke me up being like, I didn't even enjoy that. It's it's so crazy to think because just a couple of months ago, like we were, we were kind of like praising the Black Panther sequel. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you can tell there's a, there's a clear difference in the quality mm-hmm. between these movies. It's almost like, yeah, as much as Black Panther is also kind of you know moving the story forward, right? It still you know does enough of its own kind of self-contained story, yeah. which is kind of completely separate from everything else. The long-term storytelling of the MCU in this phase and all that kind of stuff. Whereas, like as a standalone movie, it's freaking incredible. I can't say the same thing about Ant Man: Quantumania. Yeah, exactly. You know, and some other movies in the and that's that's like the problem because like as much as you want to give credit to Marvel for Black Panther two. It's like that that feels like a, like an anomaly or like a like something that just completely stands out as opposed to like what we're kind of used to right now. Like if mm-hmm. I look at like all the way from like Black Widow to Ant-Man, there's a lot of stuff I just don't care about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I, when I think about like the actual highlights, I'm thinking Black Panther, I'm thinking Loki, I'm thinking uh, WandaVision, but like 
No Way Home. Yeah, No Way Home. Like these are to- that's like top tier stuff. Yeah, yeah. Again, that's as good as it gets. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I can count on one hand. Yeah, How yeah, crazy yeah. is that? We but, can count on one hand. And it's crazy because so much of the the rest of it is just so forgettable. Mm. And and like I don't even know if it's like the like they didn't get the benefit of whatever they would have achieved had there not been a pandemic. Right with like Eternals or Shang Chi or anything like that. Like we don't know; those could have been massive moments that would have been like huge dubs for this phase. By the way, I still have a lot of love for Shang Chi. Yeah, watched yeah. It, I watched it at home as well. Um, that I would consider that on the upper scale of, sure. of, yeah, of yeah. a dub. But like even then, like it's just it it still has like this weird asterisk beside it, right? And like there's a lot of that era that's gonna have this weird asterisk beside it, even yeah. if it was a dub. It's the same thing with like Loki. As much as we love it, I, I still just wonder how much it translates to like actual big audiences, mm-hmm. right? And uh, yeah, even just going forward, like it's interesting because we're obviously we're leading into Secret Wars. One yeah. rumor that we didn't talk about that actually came out like a, a few weeks ago was that Marvel Studios creative executive Stephen Broussard, he said that Robert Downey Jr. is no longer on the table. He said the studio wants to focus on a new generation stepping to the forefront in phase four and beyond. Obviously, we could be like, you know what? That's bullshit. Yeah. You're lying. And yeah. you're just like, you're just saying that now so that when the pop does happen, it's even bigger. Yeah. But uh, it's interesting because at the end of the day, you might just be telling the truth. Yeah. But again, we're always going to be kind of like speculating. <laughs> yeah. And but what if like what if he doesn't show up in Secret Wars? Are we just going to be disappointed? Like, where was Iron Man? Or if there's like a different version of Iron Man? I mean, it's kind of wild to think that that movie, like, here's what I'm expecting from secret wars i'm thinking almost almost not every single character but almost every single character right from every movie you could think of going back to x-men in uh, 2000 because if you're going to take wolverine out of that equation maybe a patrick stewart a professor x maybe yeah. right well, again we're not sure but i'm thinking there's going to be elements toby Maguire come back one last hurrah you know, let's get let's get Miles Morales. Just just bring them all in yeah, from Mag- every universe, everything they own. Different or they have yeah relationships with yeah all that kind of new class X Men. Bring some of those guys, yeah, you know, guys yeah. back. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm expecting. Yeah. So you can't ever say uh, I'm not expecting it or I'm going to be disappointed if he's not in it. All that kind of stuff. It depends who they bring in, but I'll be shocked if Robert Downey Jr. is going to come back for just one last hurrah, one last you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes. It's going to be Secret Wars. Honestly, a part of me is starting to think that maybe they're starting to view this phase, especially considering that it's multiverse and it's leading to Secret Wars, which we know is like, you know, there are no rules. You can do whatever you want. There's really no consequences either. Mm-hmm. They can do anything they want, but maybe they're like, all right, that's why we can focus on characters that people don't like absolutely love and put them in the forefront because the phase is like demanding of that, like yeah. expendable characters. Whereas like, that's why I don't think they're going to introduce people like, they're actual X-Men and the like they're just gonna release Fantastic Four right before those movies come out yeah yeah so it almost feels like those two would be like the big properties coming out of like phase six or phase seven or whatever it is mm-hmm. but it feels like right now they're almost like alright cool don't worry about these guys just have fun and uh, we'll get through this phase and then the next one is gonna be where we'll start developing more like long-term stories and all that kind of stuff. And it also goes back to what they've been trying to do since the beginning of phase four is introduce as many new characters, but also like the young Avengers or like different Avengers, new Mm -hmm. Avengers, because when they first started this whole project, they kind of didn't really know, you know, what the ceiling would, would be for success. So all of a sudden, you know, you've got Chris Evans contract coming up, you know, Robert Downey Jr. contract coming up. We're going to tie these guys up at Endgame. 
now what what's next yeah. and i think now they're thinking all right we've got to start again using a pro wrestling kind yeah. of analogy here long-term booking who are we going to be working with in five six seven eight nine years from now who's still going to be young enough to play these characters and so i feel like that's kind of played into everything else that we've seen from disney plus to the movies and everything in between i think that's a great comparison because i'm starting to realize that like when we view Marvel as like a movie franchise now, it's not like a movie franchise anymore. It's essentially pro wrestling. You're booking these guys and you're like, you know, getting people over and you're introducing new characters and you're hoping they're like the new stars. And like, it's, it's the exact same thing as pro wrestling. It's just on the screen. It's like Disney Plus. Some of these shows are like uh, talent on NXT. Yeah, for yeah, example, exactly. They're not ready for the main roster yet, yeah. but we're gonna bleed them in, <laughs> and then they're gonna make an appearance in a movie like Miss um, Marvel. She's yeah. had her own show. She's been introduced. Now she's gonna be in the Marvels. Yeah, right. Like big budget blockbuster movie, and we're now gonna see what's good. It's funny because when we talk about that, and we know like NXT is like a smaller brand, but you hope that like these characters translate as like much bigger characters than movies you never know until they make that jump right yeah you never know and at the end of the day like i wonder if being a part of like a disney plus project is gonna like water down your character and like introduce it to the point where like people who watch the show are gonna be familiar but if you put them in the movie they haven't been like most people haven't been given that journey with them and so they're not going to care about them long term yeah i agree like uh i'm gonna be way more invested in say for example a a character like kamala khan miss marvel whatever she goes through i'm gonna have if it if it works well i'm gonna get the the emotional payoff yeah because i watched the show but if you haven't watched the show that's interesting yeah like if you just and maybe even if it's just like a 10 15 minute youtube recap review of miss marvel and that's all you're going to take into the movie yeah. marvels is that going to be enough exactly yeah you just I, don't know right i really wonder man i wonder how the like this next phase is gonna be really interesting uh on a side note also just before we get off marvel they mentioned that uh, Stephen Yun, who we obviously love from like so many movies, A24, Invincible, all that kind of stuff. He's got a role in the Thunderbolts, which apparently will be significant and integral to the future of the MCU. Obviously, we don't know who that is yet, but that's pretty cool. I feel like the, the crazy thing is the casting in Marvel is like spectacular. They have yeah. some of the best actors in the world. Yep. And for some reason, it doesn't feel like they've put it together right now. Yeah, like that's the one thing you can't knock them for. They get the best talent. They get the best actors. Even, you know, where they have to pivot, Harrison Ford, come on down. Like, they yeah. still have heavyweight actors that yeah. people are familiar with from different franchises and stuff like that. And and all these actors, you, you know, I've, I've seen enough interviews now. They all want to play in the MCU world. Whether it's for five minutes, five years, whatever it is, they want a piece of it just because they want to have some fun. Who do you? Who's like your, your dream... Uh, actor to be involved in the MCU that you think absolutely will never be a part of it? Arnie. Arnie? Yeah. I feel like I could see Arnie in the MCU. He's been Mr. Freeze in the, you know, in the Batman movie. <sighs> yeah, maybe they could use him, but which character? I'm not sure. Like, I can I can imagine him being like a CGI version of something. Like, imagine if he was just CGI, like, Beast? Col- Colossus. Or Colossus. Or Beast or something yeah. like that. Like, that'd be fun. Yeah. But like you don't have to he doesn't have to get beefed up for it. I, you know what? It's it's not maybe an actor that I can't see happening. I guess that's more wishful thinking. Yeah, I want yeah. Arnie because he's my guy. Yeah. I want him to get like a late career run in the MCU. I think that'd be wicked, man. Yeah. Could you imagine if like one day like Leo shows up? There you go. That's that, that's probably the best answer you yeah. could give. L- like Leo probably would never be in this. Yeah, yeah. I can never imagine him. I I get, I I'd be shocked if we ever saw like, like a De Niro, like, a Pacino. Imagine like that would be like Quentin Tarantino like directing a Marvel movie. I'd be right. like, this doesn't feel right. There's something yeah, off something about off about it. Yeah. But um, also speaking of rumors for superheroes, before we get off that, the rumors that WB and James Gunn plan on keeping Ezra Miller after the Flash. 
obviously that's based on obviously they don't know what's going to happen with this movie yet right but they seem like they're so confident that this thing is a banger that they're like willing to like put all their chips in on this movie i know you don't watch trailers but by any chance did you happen to watch the flash trailer no, for no, Super no, Bowl? Of okay I, I can't this one is like the hype it's getting yeah makes me like that's enough Fair i'm enough. good like i do not want to know anything going in this movie no problem i totally get it i watched it it looks fucking amazing it looks really really good and the fact that james gunn has already put it over as like one of the best comic book movies ever forget dc mcu best comic book movies ever yeah that it doesn't get any higher praise than that straight up and i'm gonna really kind of hold on to that quote after the movie yeah because you're james gunn you're leading the charge here at dcu Mm -hmm. and you know if they want to keep ezra miller like okay what version of the flash is he going to be portraying moving forward we don't know how the events of the movie will unfold and whatnot but man if he does stick around he must have like nine lives yeah like considering everything that he's gone through right (laughs) the fact that he could still be around in a major you know franchise but also like a key piece of what james gunn is going to be building over the next 10 years he's got to thank his lucky stars man yeah i'll tell you especially when we're having this like like uh like we're making these parallels between pro wrestling and uh comic book movies like it feels like a jeff hardy kind of situation like Mm. people just get second chances right i'm like but some, sp- but some people get four or five chances. Yeah, but they can spin it however they want. They're going to figure it out at some point. That's mm. just like, I don't know. I feel like uh, by the time we reach this movie and we watch this movie, like I'll be, I'm very interested to see what the perception of Ezra Miller can be at that point. I wonder if it's like a complete 180. And what's crazy is we're literally only like three or four months away. Yeah, it's, it's around the corner, man. Awesome. Um, also, speaking of around the corner, uh, actually by the release of this podcast we'll have seen this episode but Rick Famuyiwa he says that they discussed addressing uh, they're talking about The Mandalorian season 3 first thing they were talking about was addressing uh, Kara Dune's departure uh, in the writers room they were discussing whether or not they were going to actually deal with that mm. but apparently they decided that season 3 is mainly just dealing with Mandalorians and the Mandalorian saga and the Mandalorian tale so we're not going to get any closure on Gina Carano mm-hmm. yeah I guess maybe that still leaves us a door open i don't know if they haven't addressed it at all mm-hmm. that means they haven't killed the character off they could recast the character um, yeah. although it would be pretty difficult because i thought you know f- you know from a visual standpoint she like encapsulated the character so damn well yeah again talking about second chance and nine life sometimes you don't get a second chance yeah it's kind of weird right i think if you're good enough like you'll get as many chances as you want if you're the lead character of a franchise in a movie like the flash yeah. and you've already been in a few movies that people are familiar with maybe then you've got some like and also you happen to be in arguably one of the greatest comic book movies ever we'll find out yeah if you're like a just a, a member of an ensemble cast where you are not the lead character different rules apply maybe so much like maybe i don't know she maybe she began a little long way this time also speaking of mandalorian john favreau says they have no ending plan for the mandalorian yet uh, these characters potentially could be with us for a while and i really love telling these stories in their voice he says so uh it seems like we're going to be watching this show for like a very long time and i'm glad i'm happy because like so far you haven't given me a reason where i'm like oh wrap it up wrap it up it's different with star wars though right it's not like um i don't know when you have like a show like i don't know a breaking bad or a succession or whatever the case may be where you know okay i don't know how many seasons we're gonna get but hopefully the studio doesn't cancel it before we get like actual closure yeah whereas here it's like disney would love to get 15 seasons of a show like The Mandalorian because yeah. it is a success. It is a hit. It's commercially viable. There's merchandise. They're going to probably tie it into the Star Wars you know, universe at Disney. There's so many things to do. It's funny to think as well because Marvel seems like 
they're kind of the blueprint everyone wants to follow, obviously, with franchises. And they just want to keep going and going and going. And they just want the continuity to continue. Yeah. And you can see DC wants to continue that same thing. That's why they didn't have a reset with James Gunn. And maybe that's what they're thinking with uh, with Star Wars as well. Like, you know what? Like, let's just keep this thing going. The stories can just keep being told. It's a universe. Like, you can yeah. do whatever you want. Plus, it doesn't mean that they're going to make 10 seasons of The Mandalorian. Yeah. They could make another few seasons. They could maybe take a break for a few years. Yeah. Right? Or they could just be like, hey, that's the end of The Mandalorian in terms of the show and in terms of seasons. But the character is going to come back in a different show yeah. or in a movie. Like, there's a whole yeah, plethora yeah. of ways they can take this whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, Pascal's character could just be somebody who shows up in movies down the road. And yeah. then maybe they focus the show on, like, I don't know. Bo-Katan's character or something like that right like yeah. they have so many different ways that they can kind of do whatever they want mm-hmm. with the show that's yeah. why it's really interesting as well because Star Wars is in like a really interesting place where we don't know where it's going to be in like five years and also this kind of goes into what we've kind of been talking about a lot for a while it's, it's this idea of the MCU being oversaturated mm-hmm. and too much content and now you're picking and choosing what you want whereas I still feel like with outside of the animated series with Star Wars I'm still locked into everything they yeah, give yeah, yeah. shows whatever like I'm like excited about the Mandalorian because uh, I don't feel like they're slapping with too much stuff where I'm like oh I, I can't really deal with this I'm, I'm ready my appetite is wet I'm, 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 I'm hyped up for it yeah yeah I completely agree but yeah that's everything for this week as far as news goes let's get into our movie of the week Cocaine Bear Millions of dollars worth of cocaine fell from the sky this morning in Knoxville, Tennessee. There's more of this out there. They dumped it somewhere. I'm looking for my daughter. Forest is a dangerous place. Hey, Henry. Check it out. Something got into it. A deer, maybe. A lot of cocaine was lost. I need you to go and get it. No, 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 no. Don't eat that. Don't eat that. Let's see what kind of effect that has on you. The bear, it fucking did cocaine. A bear did cocaine. There was a bear. A bear? It was far. Hey, that's inappropriate. We've been waiting for this movie for how long? I don't even remember. I remember when the first story popped up and I just read the title. I was like, I gotta, I gotta watch this. Yeah. I gotta watch. And then like I read the synopsis of like what it was going to be and I was like, this is going to be one of my most anticipated movies of 2023. And thank God it didn't disappoint because I had a blast watching this movie. Wow. Okay. Bit of a different take from me. Yeah. Okay. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, I think the marketing, the promotion has been fantastic. I feel like just the, the title itself, Cocaine Bear is like instant. Okay. I know I'm going to have a good time. Right. And the trailer was great, poster, all that kind of stuff. Even like the story of, you know, recently there being a shark that ingested cocaine. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then the, the rumors, oh, this is a perfect setup for layup for a sequel, it's right? a great sequel idea. <laughs> and, and I uh, specifically thought to myself, all right, this has to be a movie that I A, see with my boys right yeah under the influence of canada's finest <laughs> which which we were all which we all were and then the movie starts right and i thought it was okay mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say it was crap i'm not gonna say it was great i thought i had a okay time with it like there was definitely a moment where it, it got some chuckles out of me yeah, yeah but i never had that 
uncontrollable belly laugh where I was just like, oh my God, this is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I can go into why I, I, you know, had the experience that I did, but it also had some awesome moments in the movie that weren't necessarily funny, yeah. but were almost just like really good moments of like gore, creature feature, yeah. horror. The deaths were so gruesome and yeah. gory. And that was freaking cool to see on, I on screen. That's what I think is the biggest thing because it was a whole bunch of fun uh, genres being like put together in yeah. like really good ways. It never felt like they overextended in really any other way. Like I think this movie was as good as it was going to get. Mm-hmm. But like the concept, uh, considering that, considering the marketing and considering like the absurdity of it all, it's yeah. cocaine bear. Right? Yeah. Like this movie exists like that's a crazy yeah. thought. At, at the end of the day, they were able to like put out a movie called Cocaine Bear. Like that in itself is like an achievement, if you ask me. And but, it's done a fantastic job in its opening weekend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like on top of that, like this was, I, I think this is the highest level that it was going to get. You know what I mean? Like I don't think they could have made like an Oscar level movie or even like something that was like super funny. You had to blend a whole bunch of genres together to make it into what it is. And I think what it ended up being for me, I thought it was like a so- really solid achievement. Like. Mm. Like it was scary when it had to be scary. It was it was really funny when it had to be really funny. And the gory like it, it really had like a lot of visceral experiences as well. And mm-hmm. like it made you feel very specific ways. Like I remember the part in uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later more in depth, but like the ambulance scene, seeing like the wrist just fall. Yeah. Like that was like crazy. Yeah. Like just seeing that one visual was like enough to for me in that scene to like elevate it a little bit more. Like they did great things to make that stuff happen. Yeah, for me the the best moments of the movie are, are the deaths. Yeah. Like seeing these characters like die in in very different ways mm-hmm. is the best parts of the movie. For me where I've kind of felt like the movie was perhaps lacking was I don't know if it's character development or I don't know if it was the performances mm-hmm. or for me, perhaps it was too much of a genre crossover okay. where I didn't know if this is meant to be a skit in the movie or if it's meant to be serious and you're kind of playing with me. I don't know which direction you're trying to take me on. Anything specifically pop out for that? I'm just curious what you like, what you mean? Like, is it uh, was something else like you thought didn't like, like for example, comedy? when um, O'Shea Jackson, uh, Jackson's character, uh, David beats up these kids and it, it kind of plays in a very kind of like funny way. And then it, Kind of, it comes very uh, you know after the scene after comes com- comes across very serious yeah, where he's yeah. got a gun I'm like oh so you're actually being serious but you beating up these guys came off so comic yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. like two minutes ago mm-hmm. so there were some moments like that that was happening throughout the movie which I think perhaps for me anyway held me back being more emotionally invested in the characters which meant that when they died I didn't care as much even though the actual aesthetic of the deaths still pop me if that makes sense yeah Yeah. you know what i think the characters that died mostly were like characters you don't care about Mm. you know what i mean like i i do think that that's for sure but i don't think like the uh that stuff didn't like i don't know i I don't think that stuff didn't land for me only Mm. because there was stuff that made sense to me for for like those things to happen like even that scene in particular like uh i think about like the action was funny and it was fun it was playful but then once like the they saw the cocaine that's when the scene switched and mm. it became more serious it felt like yeah it, even with the bear itself there is one moment where the bear is kind of like sliding across the ground yeah pushing its feet again that comes across very very or was supposed to come across very very funny yeah, yeah, and yeah. lighthearted and and comedic yeah. and then there's moments where it's kind of like he's creeping out of this dark corner of a room yeah, yeah. where the the paramedic is kind of opening the yeah, door yeah, yeah. and that's meant to come across extremely scary and and like it's for me anyway there was just a bit too much of 
Um, genre jumping too many ingredients yeah. when it comes to genre play around with sure. this movie and I think if they had scaled that back a little bit I would have probably maybe enjoyed it a little bit more than I did but again like I said I'm not saying I'm uh, I hated the movie I hated yeah, the yeah. experience I had, a, I had a decent time I had an okay time mm-hmm. but not one way or the other I really enjoyed it I thought the cast was actually quite good to be okay. honest like I thought Carrie Russell was like fantastic like shout out to nurses in general like I didn't even realize until I was watching this movie I was like you never think about like in an emergency and like Loki who would be the most clutch person to have with a nurse is the one yep. yeah. shout out to nurses number one uh, I thought she was a fantastic protagonist like I thought she was so good and then I thought like the, the story of like family and also like the also the other story with like friendship with O'Shea and uh, Alden Ehrenreich just the, their relationship was so great they're like that whole idea of like forging bonds under trauma I thought that was like really good like the way the story kind of developed where like you saw like obviously the family stuff is one thing and you got to see like this weird relationship with like Henry as well which is yeah. awesome but on top of that you got to see like these friends kind of become better buddies because they were forced to under these really ridiculous circumstances mm. and also like the you know Ray Liotta have being like this figure of like toxic masculinity like <laughs> while they're just trying to be buddies like it, it was fun because like I thought they played around with a lot of different things that like made it a fun movie and also like a logical movie for me to follow one thing i want to give a shout out to is ray liotta because i think a lot of people don't realize going back to his career all the way to the 80s this guy always took chances and risks with his career he didn't kind of go down one path right he always made sure he would lend himself to projects like cocaine bear like i remember there was a movie i think it was called fortress like and it, that movie was actually remade in the I think the, in the two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, a Ray Liotta movie called Fortress um, from the eighties, which is just a, a really good eighties flick. But again, it was at a time where he had kind of like Goodfellas coming out, and he could still kind of like say, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna be the leading man." He never chose to go and really push down that path. But this is a great example of someone that's lending himself. Obviously, it's his last performance on screen, so you kind of have that in the back of your mind. But I think. He would have loved to have seen the reaction of yeah. audiences to see his character go through what he does, especially with the way he dies in the end of the movie. Yeah, this is like the kind of movie I think that would have been like, a, I, I think this is the kind of movie that is probably a blast to make, mm. especially somebody like Elizabeth Banks always feels like a fun person in general as far as like a character in like this Hollywood thing. Yeah. But like, I just feel like this set would have been a lot of fun. Like mm. everyone seems like they're funny and like cool and like it would have been like a good time to make this movie. Right. And like, I feel like that comes across in the movie as well. Yeah. One thing I actually also want to say, uh, one of the things I liked about the movie is the way they set this whole thing up where it's in the 80s. Here's the actual like newscast from whenever this went down. Mm-hmm. Right. And the fact I, that this is like based on a real story is like wild, wild right? But the fact that it's it is set in the eighties and people are reliant upon hardline phones and there's no smartphones out there and mm-hmm. like you're in this kind of like forest and and this mountain, I love that. And even just like the the, the, the little gems and drops of sounds and music from the eighties, always kind of like. Um, makes me feel good and happy you can tell like so many directors are just like i don't want to deal with cell phones like i yeah. don't want that to be a part of my story right like it's an annoying thing to have to deal with especially like in a movie like this just constant like imagine if there were cell phones that involved like you'd be taking videos you'd be yeah. calling emergency like it would just be like this weird little addition to the story that you have to overcome i know they do that in glass onion knives out where when they get to the island they're like, yep, everyone's phone's going to be taken away. And they kind of make yeah. that as a part of the thing where it's like the, the experience, but it's like, all right, now the characters definitely can't rely on service and signal and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's good. But as far as uh, the categories go, 
what, who did you end up with the best character? I feel like this is going to be something we're going to differ for. <laughs> it was easy for me. It was the actual bear. Yeah, it okay, was. It was, fair, it was fair. a cocaine bear. That's great. Like, That's great. Literally, <laughs> the, the the actual cocaine bear is involved in my favorite parts of the movie yeah, the yeah. deaths you know oh, what i mean that's so true you know what's so funny i didn't even think that <laughs> i actually completely like i was like oh that's not another factor but uh the person i ended up choosing was christian convery uh as henry mm. i thought he was such a good child actor he like even just like little stuff like swearing and all that kind of he came across as like such an innocent little dude mm. and the way he was like forced into this wild situation like i thought his acting was like really tremendous for just being a part of this weird circumstance right. um and on top of that like ray Liotta was fantastic as well i thought the yeah. whole cast was actually really really good it was, it's an ensemble piece here yeah it's a really strong cast if you ask me but i, I think the funnest part is going to be best scene yeah who did you end up going like i i almost certain i know what your best scene is going to be okay so i ended up going for the triple death of the two ambulance crew members coupled with the park ranger yeah like that scene where you're like all right cool the ambulance is about to crash in- into this tree off-road the driver dies and then obviously we see the male uh, paramedic's hand just fall off he's done yeah but then as a consequence of the crash you have the park ranger who's strapped into the what is it called the gurney the gurney yeah flips over the splat yeah like you get three dragged yeah crazy you get three totally different types of deaths within 15 seconds yeah and it just slaps you yeah and it was fantastic also the park ranger was like low-key hilarious like her relationship was trying to like be with that dude and then to see like carrie russell just walk in and just be like oh man she was probably the only character that had enough on-screen time for me where there was some development there where you could either care or not care about her that when she died i actually give a shit about that one yeah yeah, yeah. that was really great uh, another one that i thought was really fantastic was just the standoff with the cop and uh o'shea jackson jr and eldon where they're just trying to get that cocaine mm. and it's at the gazebo and that whole such like that i don't know whatever it was like 10 minutes or so yeah fantastic stuff that as on top but for me it is the ambulance scene was the best one like it's just non-stop just rush after what and just hearing everybody in the theater just be like what yeah what just happened right now i think that's what makes this movie so worthwhile to watch in a movie theater because you want to watch it in a packed i think the bigger the audience the more fun of an experience you're going to have for this movie. yeah and we watched it with pretty much a packed audience yeah. Didn't we? yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I had a really great time um as far as star ratings go i'm curious to see where you end up on this one eh, it's gonna be a three out of five for me like i said uh i, th- I, had, a, I had a decent time with this movie uh it wasn't fantastic great in my book it wasn't crap either i had a decent time an okay time yeah. watching it with with my friends and am i am i ready for a sequel like am i am i interested in a shark cocaine or a, a cocaine shark probably not i'm good yeah um but i'll say this much it's nice to have different experiences at the cinema yeah, yeah and i'm glad like i said before i think the promotion the marketing of this movie has been great the title alone and the poster when it first dropped mm-hmm. went viral on social media yeah. all of a sudden everyone's like yep yeah, I'm watching this movie at the cinema. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm locked in. And say what you want about the, the movie, whether you like it, don't like it, or critically what you thought about it. From a point of view of, of the of the business and Hollywood and cinema and a project like this being greenlit, made, and then released, kudos to them for getting it done and having a really strong opening weekend. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. I thought the scares landed. I thought the comedy landed. I thought the cast was fantastic. I was deciding uh, between a few scores. I ended up at a 3.75. I think the biggest distinction is just I think it was really good and 
if you're piqued by like the idea of cocaine bear like if that's enough for you to be like man that's like a weird concept you should watch it mm. because that a little bit of interest enough i think is enough to have a good experience at a movie theater and on top of that i do think it's a lot of fun like i really i, I don't think uh every movie is gonna land in every single way mm. but like what movie is going to land in this way? There's mm. only going to be a handful that actually give you these weird visceral reactions on like deaths that aren't like horror mm. where like it is a little bit like frightening with like the bear at times, but like, it's not like a horror movie mm. and it's not like a straight up comedy, but it's like all these fun things and they're put together and you don't get like this experience really. Anywhere yeah, else. I agree with you. It never really goes all in on one genre. Yeah. And that may work for you. And that may not work for yeah. you. And that's where I kind of maybe fall in the latter. I think, honestly, for me personally, I really think there is legs for like a sequel. Okay. Or like, you don't even have to do the shark. You can do the shark, but I would be okay with watching Cocaine Bear too. With the but, cubs as well. With the cubs. like it's a family th- on the rampage. There's three bears now, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it would be fun. I think you can do a lot of different things. And you never know, like, uh, it could be a situation where O'Shea Jackson Jr. and his friend were like, we're under dire circumstances. We got to go back to the woods and get that cocaine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like whatever it is, you could bring back a lot of those characters. They could be a lot of fun. I think they're, they're still life. There's still legs in cocaine bear. Or you could do some different uh, primates. You could do like a, a cocaine silver black gorilla. Yeah. Like you yeah. can like, you know, you can maybe go back in time and give a Tyrannosaurus Rex some cocaine. Cocaine tiger, man. You know, yeah. cocaine, like a, like a, imagine a tiger escapes from the zoo and yeah. it shows up in that same forest yeah. and it's tiger, cocaine tiger versus cocaine bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a movie Ooh. I would watch yeah. all day long. Now we've got a creature feature. Now yeah. we've got like a real... Like, Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smaller scale and add some cocaine. Yeah, yeah, Beautiful yeah. stuff. Add, you know what? Awesome. You can probably add cocaine to a whole different bunch of movies. Yeah. I actually think I saw someone go viral <laughs> with that. It's like, just to add cocaine cocaine to a title of a movie and see what happens like you know that's fantastic yeah i think that should happen more like often. darth vader on cocaine yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, like like luke on cocaine <laughs> darth vader on cocaine would be a little bit much i yeah. feel like you'd have like he's already angry enough yeah yeah yeah. oh my god could you imagine <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's everything for cocaine bear let's get into our last segment of the show let's get wrecked jump with what is sandy's pick for this week okay so this is a little bit of a prelude in terms of what we are going to be reviewing next week mm-hmm. i am recommending 2015's Creed, one of the, in my opinion, best examples of how to do a reboot slash sequel slash spin-off right. Um, Creed, in my opinion, breeds new life into the Rocky saga whilst also carving out its own identity. Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler collaborate for a huge, huge win, but I have to say, Sylvester Stallone, who has obviously played this character since the late 70s, I feel like in this particular franchise just got better and better. And so, yeah, I really, really like it. I I wasn't a big fan of the sequel, Creed 2. I am looking forward to Creed 3 only because it's Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. He's obviously worked with Ryan Coogler a lot. It doesn't include any Stallone. So those are the facts that we know heading into it. And of course, we've got arguably the man of the moment. Yeah. Jonathan Majors is like riding this next level wave. It feels like uh, I feel like the disappointment that we got from Ant-Man and what we just got from Kang. Like, I I think that's the biggest positive, but it wasn't all the way. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel satisfied by anything from that movie. Yeah. So I am like almost like, all right, I'm going to wash my hands of that. I'm excited for Creed 3 because I want to see what we get from Jonathan Majors. And dude, let me tell you, I watched um, his men's health uh, workout Mm -hmm. on YouTube 
just for a bit of inspiration to go going to the gym. Yeah. Like obviously you've seen the trailer and the poster. You, you know this guy's stupid Jack. Yeah. Like stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But seeing his workout, man, he put in some serious work. Obviously you can tell he put in the work, but yeah. it's it's honestly I don't I don't think I've seen anyone get ridiculously like this in shape. Like maybe Hugh Jackman for a Wolverine role, yeah, yeah. but prior to that, I maybe go back into the eighties. You know when like Stallone and Arnie were having this like war, and Van Damme was getting involved, and then all of a sudden it was like a like a, a like a showdown of physiques and movies. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It's a bit of a throwback for me. I man. think it's because like culturally, the idea of like a bodybuilder physique is like slowly been phased out. Yeah, right. And like people are looking at like more like slender frames and that kind of stuff. But like for this, it works. For this, it works tremendously. But he's also he has this other movie called Magazine Dreams that's not out yet, but it's okay. coming out. Like it just came out in Sundance. And it's going to be like one of those Oscar movies for next year. Whenever it gets its release, whatever, I'm so excited about that. Wow, but, I had no idea. Yeah, and on, on top of that, like that's what he got really, really jacked for. Really? So, so it wasn't Creed? Uh, both of them. Like, right. He, he did, like, obviously, like, uh, I forget which one came first, but like, obviously, getting jacked for a bodybuilder role is like next level. Yeah. And yeah. I'm curious to see how all of this stuff is, re- like, because it seems like he's going to get his big, like, mainstream stuff with Ant Man. Mm. And this feels like all right cool this is like almost like a redemption for that like you still is very mainstream but like i feel like he's gonna be able to show more of his acting chops in this one but i'm very excited for magazine dream that's my end game of, of the jonathan majors 2023 story isn't that crazy like imagine being jonathan majors knowing oh i'm gonna be playing kang and that is me guaranteed guaranteed box office success yeah right in in some of the biggest movies of the next decade yeah that's just in the bank yeah, guaranteed yeah, yeah. now let me go and play around in anything else I feel like I want to do I, I think nobody's going to have a better 2023 already than this dude because like he's already had two back to back massive hits in February then March and then whenever Magazine Dream comes out mm. he's got an Oscar contender sitting right there so I'm very curious to see at the end of 2023 is this guy going to be our MVP is mm. he going to be the one that like just ran the show and yeah. like took over completely or you know, you never know. Somebody like uh, Austin Butler coming with an Elvis-like performance, you never know if he's going to be the one completely just takes over. But by the way, before we kind of go into your recommendation, mm-hmm. just a, a quick, you know, prelude in terms of your anticipation for Creed 3. Have you actually watched the Creed movies and not watched the Rocky movies? Or what's your like experience been oh, with no, that, no. that franchise? All the Rocky movies. Okay, perfect. I've seen... Actually, no, wait. You know what? I think I didn't watch Balboa. I didn't watch that one. The comeback. You know what, bro? When that got announced, and this is still not, I wouldn't say early social media or early internet, because it definitely wasn't. Like everything was kind of like still maturing at that time. Mm -hmm. But I remember when he announced Rocky Balboa and the first video of him just taking his robe off and showing his physique, everybody was like, oh my (laughs) God, he actually got in shape in his like late 50s for this, right? And um, I actually had a pretty good time watching that movie. I watched that in a a premiere screening, like a really intimate screening in London. Uh, You know what? I'm also behind because I haven't seen Creed 2 yet. So oh wow! Gonna, obviously, I've seen Creed like several times. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I really love Creed. Yeah, yeah me great too. Recommendation. One of the most rewatchable movies yeah. in recent years, in my yeah. opinion. It's fantastic, and not only that, but like you know, we, I, I think we're the same. Where we just like to watch stuff to get like all right, hyped up a little bit to go to the gym or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, something like that. And great Creed soundtrack, is a great thing for great that. montage of Michael B. Jordan training. Yeah, like Ryan Coogler did such an incredible job of just paying homage to what made 
the best Rocky movies, like so memorable yeah. and iconic. Mm-hmm. But he does such a. Fa- I mean, we can talk about how amazing Ryan Coogler is for freaking days. And I think next week will be definitely like a prelude to that because we're gonna definitely be comparing Ryan Coogler to Michael B. Jordan. One hundred percent. It's gonna be great to be able to compare that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna make sure I watch Creed two this week for sure before obviously we get into Creed three. But yeah, I'll get into my recommendation as well now. Bra's pick this week is actually. Uh, I was watching an interview with Conan O'Brien and Jason Siegel, and I'm not sure if you're familiar. Have you seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall? I have, yeah. Yeah, Forgetting Sarah Marshall is my recommendation this week. Okay. And uh, the reason is just he was telling this story about just how, like, I already knew, like, I, I remember being, like, so into, like, the Apatow camp during that time when, like, Forgetting Sarah Marshall knocked up super bad. All that stuff was coming. That is, like, my bread and butter. That's, like, foundational a movie era for me. Mm-hmm. Like, as far as how I view comedy how like the movies i like feel like made a very strong impression on me growing up those are the movies mm. right and uh forgetting sir marshall is absolutely one of those and uh he's just talking about how in that opening scene where you know his girlfriend comes and he like she's coming from like a vacation and she calls him up and says like all right like i'm gonna come see you and he thinks like all right she's jazzed up coming off like a couple weeks of not seeing me we're about to get something going and he shows up naked and she goes right into breaking up with him. That's a real story. That actually happened to him. And the funny thing is it's based on, uh, he used to be on the show called Freaks and Geeks with Linda Cardellini, who was his girlfriend at the time, and she's the one that this happened with. Wow. We know all the characters in real life that this happened with, and obviously it's shown in the movie as well. And it's just fantastic. But yeah, I, I love this movie. The cast is incredible. The music is hilarious. So many, like the, the cast is like Paul Rudd, Russell Brand, Jonah Hill, uh, Kirsten Bell, Mila Kunis, like just heavy hitters across the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, it's probably one of the like best and most genuine rom-coms of the modern era. If not, like in my opinion, I'd expand it beyond that. I'd say like maybe even ever. Like I really think it's just such a genuine, like funny and also heartfelt comedy. And that's mm. like exactly what I want for my rom-coms. And uh, yeah, that's why I think you should go out of your way. Check out Forgetting Sarah Marshall. But yeah, that's everything for this week. John, where can anybody find us? We are at Screen Off Script on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. By the way, we're blowing up on TikTok. So do follow us there if you haven't already. We're available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And listen, if you've got 20 seconds, rate and review us. It honestly goes a long way on helping our show get found by new audiences. Awesome. Thank you for checking us out this week, guys. Take care. <laughs>